When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester's Red podcast for Manchester News. I'm Rich Fay. I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And once again by Don Booth. Hello, nice to be nice here. To have. I think it's the first time we've had this strike partnership up front together. Who knows how successful it will be? We will uh, not we'll just approve. <laughs> I, th- I think I have been in one with him before. Yeah, we have yeah. been, we have been on together, but we it was, it was, it was clear that's that, how memorable it was. Unmemorable. Must have been a League Cup match. Uh, <laughs> the end of the season, Samuel, you've had a week and a half off now from what happened against Cardiff. Uh, what do you think the mood is at the moment, Manchester United fans? Because you've got Tottenham and Liverpool, one has gone with the Champions League. Arsenal, Chelsea, one has gone with the Europa League. City have just won the treble. What's the mood like for Manchester United at the moment after that season? It, it has it has genuinely regressed to the days of Mourinho earlier in the season. Is it? It's still this season. Yeah, we have to call it. That. We're, we're, that's, we're that period of the summer where we're not sure whether to say this season or last season just yet um, but there is a certain uh, tetchiness about the place in terms of certain some pieces of co- coverage around um, how the season has gone uh, they, they don't take too kindly to suggestions that they're living in the past amid the whole treble it comes stuff. at a good time then doesn't it yeah uh, obviously with, with things like that it's, it's decided months in advance that they're going to change the, the kit I mean it's, it's completely moot saying this but it's decided months and I think the first and, leaks came about March didn't yeah. they for that kit that had the treble iconography on it so it's not I think even if they'd have won everything this season or won nothing that there was going to be some kind of uh, nod to that but it, it's just not a great look and I think it said it all that during the play of the year awards that, that were going on normally they're quite rampant over that on social media it's a video it's a gif it's this that and the other there's an awful lot of coverage around it but they were very very quiet very standoffish and that's because it's just been a disastrous season and supposedly the best player um, can't even get in the England squad I think a lot of United fans will disagree that he was the best player Luke Shaw uh, he did look embarrassed when he got that so they, they really do need to have an extremely extremely good summer to offset all this negativity because it is just inherently negative at the moment the where does this one rank for you in terms of the last few post-Ferguson summers coming to the end of the season what's the mood like is it the lowest it's been since post-Ferguson or because I guess even at the end of the Moist season he was gone by the end of it so he was gone and there was that new wave of um buoyancy about the place because Van Gaal was coming in and he was a manager who was certainly had a CV that was befitting of managing United so it probably is the lowest in terms of end of the season wasn't great at the end of last season the mood was pretty poor given that they lost the FA Cup final had they won that it would have been very different so as I said they are are under an awful lot of pressure to have a very good summer in terms of recruiting properly getting rid of the right players making the right acquisitions uh, that is already going pretty badly not through the fault of the recruitment department or the scouts or anything like that but they have literally gone out of the Champions League at the worst time possible in the the competition under its new format has probably not been as 
it's probably never been as revered as it is at the moment because of United's comeback against PSG, what Liverpool did against Barcelona, what Tottenham did against Ajax, the quality of the football. Um, I mean, Solskjaer alluded to it in the early stages of knockout rounds about the, the amount of comebacks there have been in the competition in recent years and there have been so many and obviously players love the Champions League, they want to play in it. United don't have that to offer. Um, they do not have managerial cachet that they're used to you go back to 2014 2016 when they didn't have Champions League football to offer but they had Louis van Gaal fresh from a brilliant World Cup with the Netherlands and they had one of the managers of the century in Mourinho now they've got a guy who with all due respect to him is best remembered for a goal he scored 20 years ago on Sunday that's not going to cut it with an awful lot of players players who wouldn't even have been born at that time players who just can't remember it and Another thing that is that also complicates matters is that the starist players want out. Now they're not all going to be sold because you can't. You, that, it just it's unrealistic. Um, United will stand in certain players' way. They're prepared to run down David de Gea's contract. They're adamant that Paul Pogba's going to stay. Uh, I think with Lukaku, it's a bit different that one. If, if Inter Milan stumped up the cash, then I don't really see why United would stand in his way. But it's not a good look when you're starriest players and take someone like Paul Pogba, who did not have a good season, but he's he's respected and revered by an awful lot of his peers to the point he's marketable he's named, as well. Yeah, he was named in the PFA team of the year. And a lot of players, prospective players who are considering going to Man United are going to want to play with Paul Pogba if he doesn't want to play for United and he wants out, then that's another... That, that's not an incentive for them to go there. So, as I said, not being in the Champions League, not having coaching cachet there with Solskjaer, the Starry's players wanting to go elsewhere, finishing sixth, like they are they are the worst side of the top six in the Premier League. Their aura has diminished and they cannot trade off history anymore because football just does not work that way anymore. Yeah, Dom, At the end of the podcast, I think yeah. we've covered it there. I think it uh, sums it up really at the moment. Yeah, but I guess, Dom, in terms of Solskjaer himself, do you do you have doubts that, I mean, like as Samuel said, it's 20 years since he scored that iconic goal. Anyone else who's not associated with United won't remember any of his other achievements really at the club standing out. Do you think he, he has the capability to actually attract players to United after the season they've just had? Well, I don't think the players would potentially come to United even if they had a real big draw manager. Um, like Samuel was saying, finishing outside the Champions League places is, is very damaging to that. When they did finish outside um, the Champions League a couple of years ago, um, they were able to get Paul Pogba in, but the sort of financial factors and the sort of coming home story to that was a, was a little bit of an outlier. So I think they would struggle anyway. Um, I know what you're saying about Solskjaer, potentially not having the draw and I think United saw that issue when Moyes was in charge and um, Fabregas, Cruz, Bale, whoever was linked that summer, none of them none of them came and, we, uh, and everyone had to settle for Maro and Fellaini instead. So hopefully the summer isn't going to pan out that way. But I think Solskjaer's sort of transfer criteria means he's not going to go after big stars anyway. So I don't think that'll be the issue. The issue for Solskjaer is proven he's a good enough manager to, to cut it on the pitch next season as he did for half of his uh, United tenure so far but certainly not the other half So I remember you saying that when Moyes was in charge it was sort of no surprise that a player brings everyone from Everton brings Fellaini in they're going to play like Everton yeah. do you feel that that could happen with United and the fact that Solskjaer is targeting young players for maybe mid-table teams teams from the Championship etc is that actually ever going to make United better or is it just going to prolong this mediocre size at the moment? 
Um, because I get that the argument at the moment is we don't want top signings necessarily. We want to maybe concentrate on young homegrown players. But do you maybe not think the club being naive by sort of yeah, saying they don't they've, want... They have gone too far in the opposite direction. They need to find a middle ground there. They were say, we, we were told in early August last year they'd be prepared to pay £100 million for a centre-back. Now, that is the one area in the team where they just need to pl- pay a premium just you know, obliterate the Van Dijk uh, world record feat for a defender because they badly need a quality uh, centre-half in there. And you look at someone like Delit, I mean, he, he would be certifiable to go to United at the moment because of the structure, because of how unsteady they are, um, because they are not the best club in Manchester. You know, if, if City want him, it's, it's perfect. Even if Guardiola goes next year, City will continue to play in the way they, they're playing under him. But the flip side to it is that I look at De Ligt and he, he strikes me as the kind of player that should be a project for a technical director to go and visit him, sell sell the club to him we want to do this we want to do that we want you to do this for us and yes you'll be playing the Europa League this season but this is what we see you we see you as our new our captain for the next decade or what have you but I just don't think United have got the wherewithal to do it in terms of the finances but they've just not got that power about them anymore you need a you need like Fergie when he intervened to get Van Persie um, ahead of City that that Van Persie to City seemed nailed on for months months and months and then you know, Ferguson took the decision to sign him over Lewandowski and it was a masterstroke because it meant they won the league but looking at the, some of the targets at the moment um, don't nobody should be fooled that these are priority targets they're not um, Sean Longstaff is certainly he's not number one list he's not number two he's probably not even number three there is just an acceptance that the the real big the big players the players the the players that ideally they'd bring in to strengthen the team are not going to be attainable this summer for whatever reason mainly because United are crap now and they have Europa League football to offer and it's it's not looking too good and people are already talking about Solskjaer maybe being in jeopardy come December and you give them that long well that, that's the problem if you're bringing in kids left right and centre you're asking a hell of a lot from them to transform the club into a top four team again and he has not got the time to do that if they finish outside the top four next season if he's there come the end of the season he's got to be sacked it's, it, it just comes down to that you cannot they cannot go two seasons like that I know they need to be patient they need to do things differently but with it is Europa League standard squad but it's not as terrible a squad as people maybe think it, it is it is what it is it's not it's as terrible a, as it looked in the final few games of the season no you, sure. you, you can you should be I think there's a decent chance they could get top four next season if they recruit well if he doesn't get that then you've got to move on to the next guy you've just got to go all out for Pochettino I mean a lot of people are arguing that anyway and that might come into the conversation um, earlier next season than a lot of people anticipate but as I said, it's it's all very well and good getting these characters and these, you know, I've not seen very much at all of Daniel James, but he seems like he has a good attitude. He has good mentality. Uh, he's quick. You know, he, he ticks a lot of these boxes. He does feel this new transfer strategy change criteria, but he's a lad who couldn't get in Shrewsbury's team two years ago. And of course he's improved an awful lot since then. He's a full international now. 
but it says a lot about Manchester United that they are fighting off interest from Brighton to sign a player. Yeah, exactly. I think, like you said, it's a breakthrough season, even just for a mid-table championship team is a hell of a long way from playing at Old Trafford. And, and where did Swansea end up in the championship? Was it about 13th or something, was it? Yeah, exactly. Just, just top half, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was, and then, and his, I mean, Graham Potter's leaving as well. He's gone to Brian himself. So that's one player, mind you, had trust in him. But uh, Don, what, what do you think United fans would expect when, when Dan James does eventually join the club well, do you think he's we a player have to mention that his father has sadly passed away um, so it sort of pales the, tr- the transfer talk pales into insignificance really compared to that and so you know talk about when that deal may be done it's probably immaterial for the time being but um, as a player he's an, exci- he's an exciting young talent he's probably one of the quickest players I've seen uh, especially for the sort of build he is so he's quite sort of squat smallish guy but um absolutely rapid I mean what he's done is is in the championship like we said so we can't set too much store by that but you know I think it's been well documented on social media recently that in the Champions League final um, between Spurs and Liverpool there's going to be players like Juan Alden and Sissoko Shakiri, Robertson who have all been relegated I think uh, from the Premier League in the past few years and they're all now at the top tier of European football so United you know, look at that and look at uh, James's potential only 21 uh, and believe that he's someone who can improve and buy into the United way as sort, as sort of as crass as that sometimes sounds to say, saying but he's someone that Solskjaer can probably put all his energy in and, and work on as a as a personal project I think it, it does strike me that they're trying to replicate what Tottenham and Liverpool have done with certain recruits like Deli Ali from MK Dons yeah. Andy Robertson um, but it, it is a very very different kettle of fish yeah. I think Ali had played about 80 odd times for MK Dons before before he went to Tottenham that's two that was two such a freak seasons. occurrence that sort of that MK Dons side was such a freak sort of they had so many good players in them so many players Will Greg was Will Greg was a phobia up there as yeah. well he's a proven championship player so like you said it's just because it's worked for some other team doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work yeah. for you and, and, and Robertson had, had played in the Premier League he'd had a, at least was it at least one or two full seasons one season with Holden in yeah, and United I mean, I, can't afford to hang around and wait. I think that's the issue. No. If, if a James or someone goes to a a Brighton or you know middle tier uh, Premier Premier League club, the United have then paying however much more money ne- you know next summer to land someone like that. I mean, they might not even be able to afford someone like David Brooks this summer because he'd probably be forty fifty million. They probably don't particularly want to pay that, so they probably. James is a bit of a lower risk, maybe. They look at it that way. I mean, you're absolutely right saying that in that he's got no Premier League experience, but United can't really afford to hang about, can they? Yeah, um, Brooks isn't one that's that's been mentioned. I mean, when the, the whole British, young British stuff came out, you did think he should be someone yeah. that had been part of the conversation because he's, he's looked really good for, for Bournemouth this season. And he probably is already a £50 million player um, Wales have got just looking at them on paper it's really exciting young front line there that's going to come in and I mean then it's not as if they're phasing out Bale or anything like that he's going to be around for a few more years but they've got players there that he can pass the torch on to at some stage soon and maybe there is an element of the cost efficiency that, that comes into it like Dallo looks a good addition still despite a fitful season mm. and he only costs 19 million so they do need to think outside the box more they do need to be a bit cleverer the, the scouts just need to earn their crust really because they've not they've not unearthed anywhere near enough gems over the last decade or so but 
they need proven quality and and they they told us um a couple of months ago that they wanted game changers um if, if Daniel James is a game changer, then United's scouting department deserve to be you know, lauded to high heaven. But him, I guess, Sean Longstaff, yeah. they, they are not players who... They're not obvious players who are going to get you into the top four. If well, they do, brilliant. They're but. not even obvious players that if they were to sign would get into the United first team. In terms of actual British homegrown players, maybe say Wampasaka and Rice, they're two of the only ones being mentioned. I think Rice is a player that... Who they, could they get should, into the first yeah, team, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. He... Yeah. he, he He'd walk into that United midfield. Um, I think the problem is United may be hamstringing themselves with this British homegrown policy. No, they have. I mean, the outside the box thing is is fair, but you can go outside the box in the Bundesliga or the Spanish league. There must be players out there, like you say, that the scouting department have got to earn their corns. Yeah, they, they... but it doesn't seem. I mean, look, Spurs and stuff getting Hyung Min Son, and you're getting Leroy City got Leroy Sane for the Bundesliga. There's play, there's good young players. Well, in Germany, but it seems United just want this sort of Brexit mentality. <laughs> you've got to have someone who's homegrown, and <laughs> there are there are caveats to the whole young and British um, preference. There, it, um, when when they told us about you know young British, you know that was when they implied that. You you look at the signs they've made since Ferguson left, and it's like, well, two of twenty six players have been British so it's not like you know we they were saying we always prefer you know we've got a great history of doing that and what have you but you haven't really yeah. and even in Ferguson's latter years I mean there's no point going through all of them but Smalling, Jones yeah Smalling, Jones Young, young. all there it's, it's not <laughs> yeah yeah they're the holy the holy trinity <laughs> they do stick around maybe that's what they want but they what I was told was that last week they did inquire about Julian Brand um who again struck me as an out of the box Europa League player at, at Bayer Leverkusen. Tottenham were another club that wanted him, but what I was told was that Tottenham were pretty slow in terms of trying to get a deal done. Dortmund came in and he decided to join Dortmund quite swiftly. So even when all the Daniel James stuff was kicking off, United were still looking at international standard players like Brand who have got a bit more experience and have already played in Europe and I think that kind of profile of player is is one they do need to look at uh, someone who's going to be team focused who's going to have a good mentality uh, that said the last time they signed someone from Germany it, it didn't end well and he spent most of the season going around the world watching tennis in a knee brace <laughs> Nothing, nothing to add, nothing to add <laughs> other, other than you know it's it seems so obvious to to supporters that they need to look outside the box I mean anyone who's sort of played football manager in recent years will will know there's better value to be found in those other leagues and there's talented players in there look at a club like Watford for example the players that they recruit you know Abdoulaye Decore from Wren who spotted him now he he's potentially being linked with a but I guess the, big clubs. the terms in that is as Samuel said the fact that these low clubs can take more of a risk maybe in, in the players they do, yeah, they do I recruit think, I think United are charged the premium aren't they I think exactly. clubs will see United this summer see the desperation almost in their eyes when they they see a player they want and there's an extra 10-20 million on a player's asking price which is going to make life very very difficult but is probably why you need a technical director in there to to perform those negotiations yeah with with by three years ago I was told that Dortmund had a look at him and he's his representative said if Dortmund wanted him, they'd have got him for about 20 million euros. But United's interest 
BRL just thought, well, it slapped £10 million more on whatever it was. And he cost £30 million in the end. And at that time, looked quite an expensive signing, given that he wasn't really very well known. So they are, they're always taxed taxed by virtue of who they are unless there is a release clause involved in it which made the Fred and Dallow signings yeah. last year so routine yeah I guess it, you touched on this before as well though Dom but the, the whole technical director thing seems to well we already know it has cost you that but it, from the outside it just seemed so easy the way that yesterday Dortmund announced two signings in the space of three hours and it was like oh that's how easy it is when you want a player well, Mike, Michael Zork is their uh, technical director I don't know if the United wants to offer him a flat in Deansgate or something but the way got like, better than Dean's game like from, that's where, well that's where Guardiola is isn't it but um, you know the those three bits of business from Dortmund if I wrote a piece on this uh, went on the MEN site this morning if that doesn't open United's eyes to how it should be done I mean I think they played a combined about 70-75 million for Schultz Hazard and Brandt over the space of two days and I know it, it, Samuel mentioned Dallow and Fred last summer they were the only two signings and the only two that United were able to get through. You're forgetting Lee Grant. Lee Grant. Well, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Lee. It looks striking that new goalkeeper top. They put the new pictures yes, up today. Yes, they have. Yeah. Well, those two really cost combined £70 million on their own and neither really got into the first team with any degree of regularity last season. Whereas Dortmund are leading the way this summer, which, which worries me really. And I should worry United fans that this business isn't getting done early as Solskjaer had promised it would really. Yeah, I mean, what is it? The 23rd of May now, so the, the, ideally they have deals done by May and then in early June the, the announcements start coming. Yeah. And obviously with Daniel James, it's completely complicated by the, the sad news that he suffered. But there are other areas there. that The market activity has been held up partly by the Europa League situation that only last week they knew that oh thank god we're not going to have six qualifying games to play in, in July and, um, Cardiff met away would have been good for you <laughs> that though, Samuel <laughs> and that they're just going straight into the group stage and there are certain players obviously who are not going to want to um, be playing in god knows where in, in late July they, they, they just don't want that hassle that's what Burnley had to go through last year I think that's what Wolves will have to go through yeah, this summer, won't it? The be, tree that they celebrate. Well, yeah, it was Watford who teased it on social media, didn't they? Saying no other team wants to finish in the in the Europa League. Were they? Was that that tweet that famously? Oh, really? It's gone viral since their <laughs> annihilation. The, well, the way final. United played was in the season. They clearly did want to be in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 it was as if they were um, pining for all these uh, <laughs> tick off some countries they're not going to get to maybe for a while. Absolutely. But. So it, that has partly complicated it but again if if they just didn't win two wins in 12 games they wouldn't be in this situation but we yeah. spoke last year as well about how the World Cup complicated United's recruitment the fact that there is an African Cup of Nations and a Copa America this summer do you think that will have any effect on United maybe, maybe players leaving isn't maybe, it maybe Sanchez I mean, Sanchez and Rojo well Rojo's not in it fortunately yeah, okay. I mean it would it would have been amazing if he did somehow get into that Argentina You thought maybe on merit for that goal against Nigeria that it'd still be... I know, yeah. There were tears. There were literal tears in the stands that night when Argentina somehow got through and then lost to France in the next round. Uh, Rojo's just going to be difficult shifting, I think, for a number of reasons. The wages he's on, he's got two years left on his contract. I mean, I think if, if they can find a buyer for him, just... Get rid. Just take, yeah. get rid. But then you got, I mean, any team. I mean, it was Everton last 
was it last yeah. year that were linked to I mean, January that were linked to a move for him? And, but and you'd like they, they weren't they weren't prepared to pay him the wages he was on at United. So he thought, well, why would I why would I go there? I've got quite a nice and easy life here. I mean, he's pretty shameless the way he goes about it. <laughs> there, there are some deluded fans who think, oh, he shows passion. The blah, thing, yeah, blah, that blah. one that game against Chelsea comes yeah. on. Yeah. Two almost scores. Two yeah. Yeah. Should, should have been sent off twice, isn't it? But it's the United DNA. It's the passion, yeah. isn't it? Flying through his veins. That's what uh, gets the fans going. It's sometimes. just that uh, Roy Keane used to at least win the ball sometimes when he, yeah. when he did those tackles. Well, it's like you said in the past, Sam, it's how players' stocks seem to rise the longer they're on the touchline. Yeah. And it's only going to happen. It's even happening with Marcus Rocco, which, yeah, I mean, that that is pretty scary from United State of Affairs. But his contract renewal, Jones's contract renewal, why they did it, it's absolutely mind-boggling because you could have got rid of Rojo this summer. I think on a might have been on a free because it was it was strange when his signing was announced. It was like a five-year contract. There was no mention of a plus one or anything like that yet. Last year they gave him a new contract while he was injured and yeah. not in demand. Again, just, why do you think it is United just so? Because it seems that I they, think, they, I think, they, I think there's an element they don't want to let anyone go for free. Yeah, I think all. there's there's no there's an element of arrogance about them that they can get them on longer contracts and think if we want to sell them down the line we'll get a big fee for them because we're economics graduates from the University of Bristol but the problem is they're not football people from the University of Bristol so when they decide on these big long term contracts for players who are just dead wood they don't realise that their value is it's I mean it's it's barely eight figures. With with Rojo last year, there was talk of getting him, getting thirty million for him. And I thought, wow. If, I know the market had inflated, but last year most most clubs were reluctant to go with that market inflation. There's going to be a rise again this year, just purely because of the the state mm. of play in Europe. But. I'm still struggling to think of a team that if, if United can recoup 16 million for Rojo, which they would do incredibly well to do, which is how much they paid sporting, then that'll be a minor miracle. But it also takes a club who've got their own recruitment issues for that sort of deal to go yes. through as well, isn't it? Because if you have yeah. 16 million to spend on a centre back, you wouldn't think Marcus Rojo is anywhere no. near the top of your shortlist. Uh, Dom, I guess the fact that it has taken maybe into the last week of May now and there's still maybe. No signings for United, and like I said, it's maybe supporters get too excited that they think someone will be announced this early anyway. But what what are your maybe uh, what are your feelings ahead of the summer window? How many players well, do you think United will actually sign? I've actually made a few notes uh, this week, and I've jotted down a few positions and a few names. Um, some of these may well not, not be attainable, but I think the positions that United will have to target are right back, central midfield, right wing, and centre back. And now I'd probably add centre forward into that with. Lukaku potentially going I think United definitely need another forward player of some sort whether it's a right winger or not so I think five signings is probably where United should be at Solskjaer said it definitely wouldn't be as many as six Um, some fans want it to be about 16 but I think just buy a whole new club or just go support a new club maybe just buy just yeah just bring in uh, bring in 11 of the reserves which is what Solskjaer was threatening to do at the end of the season but it has to be a mixture of of the homegrown policy and uh, names from abroad, and I completely agree with Samuel that splash money on a centre back has to be a priority. I've never seen Koulibaly play. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure how many of the watched fans him for Napoli against Arsenal. He was have. awful in those two games, <laughs> but then he yeah. did a, he did a good cl- goal clearance, clearance. Off the line against him. And if that goes viral, then yeah. add another ten million to his price tag. I think because... what would help um, the mood is 
if United got a deal over the line soon. I think they need one make, just to keep fans happy. Yeah. But it's got to be the right type of deal. Just signing someone for the sake for the yeah. sake of it is not just gonna, to appease the it's gonna worsen the situation. If, if they if they're true to their word and and they stick to their plans, they should have had people in the pipeline by now ready to sign on the dotted line. Because I think and be all end all the problems are still technical director and people oh, in charge I, you know, it's, it's still baffling that, that a technical director hasn't been appointed really I mean think we're reading reports that deals are close and that bids are in and terms are agreed but there's no technical director leading those negotiations like there are for, for Dortmund with Michael Zork I, I keep banging on about are you on commission might, to I say might, every I might get a personal email over to him to see if he fancies coming to United but yeah Samuel where, where are United at with this technical director is it still they're just in the dark because the first rumours came out last just it was the end of last summer was it they wanted to get some before the end of last year and then it got knocked back to the end of the season and then uh, yeah the technical director um, get one for the bingo list I know I know they they stressed when Mourinho was sacked that he didn't want to work with a technical director surprise surprise he wants to work with a technical director so they've kind of counter briefed against each other there but they want they they think one will be appointed before the start of next season. So that's season starts on the eighth or ninth of August. So they've just got over two months to do that. Um, what they implied was that it'd been easier to rule rule out candidates rather than ruling candidates. I think there is the, the restructuring. It's it's going well beyond just appointing a technical director and that being it a lot of former players have been in talks uh, with the club about possibly coming on board as part of an advisory panel if you like Um, and the technical director's job's not going to be just on transfers is that right it's going to be more bridging the board and and the, the coaching staff and the playing staff together um, there's, there's not. That's not been implied so in terms of the coaching staff. I mean, there, there are so many nuances into how a technical director operates, how they go about their jobs at different clubs. I suppose from United's perspective, they do need someone who's going to be a buffer between the board and the football side. Someone who's going to be at Carrington. Someone who's going to you know, you want be to talking to the, face of the club as well, don't you? Because yeah. fans are sick of Ed Woodward, aren't they? <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness to Woodward. Uh, looking at those Sanchez quotes from the direct, sorry, the investors call last year when he, he said about the interest in stats and the social media thing, like you look at them now and you absolutely cringe. When it comes to those investors calls now, he does not talk about the social media no. stuff, the app stuff. That's left to Richard Arnold, who's the managing director. And so fans can point at him and laugh. Whereas Woodward just sticks to the football side of things with his opening statement and then he will answer questions that are posed to him and he has to answer them because he's duty bound to do that but of course those calls still are the figure of ridicule because you've got some the app some frankly just just a moron who comes on and asks about the Champions Champions League League, format when they might not be in it for god knows how long so I mean it's 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 commendable that they're looking at it in that there's an advisory board there who how that will work I'm not sure but Fletcher's always struck me as quite an impressive guy, an impressive talker on football. He's been an impressive pundit, going from a pundit to actually that role, deciding on internal players' futures, possible signings. It's it's completely different. He's not got any experience of that. Do you think it's too? I mean, the fact that it's all these form, yeah, the fact that it's all these former players because we saw yeah. how Neville and Fernand reacted to United playing well. Do you not need someone who's not associated with the club at all that can take a step back and give some just 
cold realism on the situation because yeah I it's, understand the whole former player stuff and fans like it they buy into it they understand the hashtag United DNA no, but they, they, they need objective voices who do you think Fletcher's someone who can do that though? I mean like you say he's a good talk he's come across well on sort of Sky Sports this season the way he's analysed things but I think he can but I still think it's a massive leap I mean go and cut your teeth at Stoke maybe fair enough but doing it at United it's 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 just a huge ask and I, I don't agree with it the whole you know get getting players back who know the United way as you said Fernand and Neville embarrassed themselves a little bit with what they said as pundits about Solskjaer about you know when's your statue going to be built blank, check, put yeah. blank check and all that and what have you it's it's that enthusiasm and yes a lot of people got giddy about it but you need somebody who's going to take us you know take a step back and think it's all very well but it's only March and we're only in the quarterfinals and we're outside the top four wherever United were at that point in the Premier League someone who's actually going to offer perspective I know it sounds like you know telling someone to be a pessimist all the time but you've got you've got you need to stay grounded absolutely and I just think that it's it's the wrong way of going about things it might be the right way but perhaps if the technical director is someone who has no ties to the club then that could work but I think Woodward is very very reluctant to appoint someone who's going to butt heads with him after having quite a lot of hassle with with Van Gaal and and then Mourinho Van der Sar is is renowned for being quite a difficult character and a demanding character to work with that's that's why he was such a good footballer and why he's doing such a good job at Ajax and with Van der Sar that always seemed like a non-starter anyway because he occupies the same position at Ajax as Woodward does at United so he's a threat to Woodward It's interesting that United fans are actually not reacting well to these rumours of ex-players being linked to the role in the way that you may expect I think it's just got too, too many too, too it's yeah. almost like an overload when you, when who's Fernand not been linked yeah. to it the, the reaction was well you know look at Paul Mitchell who was linked with the role his experience at, at Tottenham and Leipzig isn't he a better fit and that's that's your, your, your fan stereotypically passionate nostalgic whatever that's that's them talking sense about about who who should be appointed so you know Woodward's got to open his eyes to that for me yeah well, we shall see I hope all the nostalgics will be in for a treat on Sunday when United do uh, their reu- the, the treble reunion game that'll be some good quotes coming out about that I'm sure from Solskjaer on the pitch and things I mean how, how are you looking forward to that it's United versus Bayern at Old Trafford 26th of May 20 years on from that day do you think it's one that fans are looking forward to this this trouble game or do you think it's another I, just dragging out a dead season beyond belief And look it's it's for the Manchester United Foundation that that is commendable um, you, you can't really knock that at all they it's it's good the work they do is excellent and it needs an awful lot of exposure a lot of the time and, and they're getting that but given that the next week four English clubs are playing in two European finals and United are harking back to their European final 20 years ago it it is not a good look Um, unfortunately that's that's the way it's happened it could have been an Ajax-Barcelona final in the Champions League which everybody would have been delighted about apart from Liverpool and Spurs fans but it's not to be and it it just reflects badly on United but that's 
that's the sign of the times we live in. I mean, you see some of the posts. I think Rashford put something um, on Twitter about the, the the anniversary of the arena attack. Like very you know, gracious post, very um, just just a nice thing to put on there. And then you've got idiots bombarding him, telling him how he's crap at free kicks. And yes, he is crap at free kicks. But there's a time and a place to say that. But it's you, you just have to have to deal with a lot of that bile, unfortunately. And I'm sure if, if Woodward's clocked in the crowd on Sunday, be there'll be the people tweeting crap. saying, what's he doing there? Why isn't he getting deals done? When the guy who is tasked with negotiating the deals is, is Matt Judge. Yeah, I mean, it's very easy on FIFA, isn't it, to buy who you want? But yeah. I guess some supporters need that reality check, etc. Some of reality checks for, for Manchester yeah. United, I feel. Not the only thing for United fans to maybe be a bit occupied by this weekend. They've got the playoffs to Wednesday being Pool both involved United fans mm. will be interested to see how they both get along I know Regan Pool was good for Newport he's got a great f- penalty in their shootout success as well against he's Mansfield got a, he's got a United contract maybe an additional year to earn yeah, or to he not spoke, earn as well because he, he spoke last week didn't he saying that he's just going to wait and see what happens with his, yeah, with his future um, but. one of those given a chance by, by Van Gaal or, or exposure by Van Gaal anyway um, it was 40, it was 40 odd seconds against Mitchell like yeah. he was in squads and things like that I mean I was, what I mean to say Twan Zabie is the interesting one I think um, I wasn't actually impressed with him in one of the playoff semi-finals he, no, I think he was yeah. a bit shaky but he's had a was very when he got a he got out jumped by Dawson didn't yeah, he? For, the, yeah. for the West Brom goal, goal yeah. and he yeah. looked a bit shaky he I mean, looked a bit shaky he's throughout. been a bit of a mixed bag anyway at Villa hasn't he he's, he's had a lot of injuries lots yeah. of injuries that have knocked him back but I think he should he should probably come into the United first team squad like if we say people like Rojo um, Damian and you know other defenders can be moved on to have someone who's come through the academy and has, has done well at Villa um, his first spell there was unluckily cut short by injury so I, I think people like that are, are worth giving a chance to Solskjaer will give a chance give yeah. a chance to him I think it depends on if Villa get promoted or not because he might suit another season long loan there and I guess the problem as Dom said Samuel is the fact that there's already so many other centre-backs at United and if they want to add another one to the mix as well then Twan is only going to be more limited for chances but he's got a good chance in pre-season at least to get integrated to this United side and show Solskjaer what he is about yeah and He's not going to be in the England under twenty one squad, is he? He's just not really figured in that at all. Yeah. Which I suppose is more probably been because of the injuries. Uh, yeah, look, looking at that, I mean, in terms of the pre season tour squad, it's not going to be like last year when it was crazy. It was yeah. just you know whoever the think, kids yeah. and it was it was very very depleted because of the World Cup. It's going to be quite foolish, apart from I mean, who, who who's actually participating? Participant of United at the Nations League is it just Rashford and Lingard Rashford, to take Lingard, it, isn't it? And then you'll have maybe by African Cup of Nations with Eric. he's out of that, is he? Yeah, so he he might yeah, travel. It, he might it? be fit for the tour. Um, there's there's possibly a good chance he'll be fit for the tour, although you know he does take quite a long recovery time at times. So. I think a lot of people just think it's time for him to come in now to Nzebi. He's been around the first team set up for best part of four years now since Van Gaal. I think Van Gaal, had, that, that season when Van Gaal brought all the young players in, he was the first one to actually make a squad. I think it was away at Palace, but then the next week, Borthwick Jackson made his debut and to Nzebi had to wait, I think, best part of 18 months to actually get a game and that was under Mourinho by that time so United fans are just fed up of seeing the same old faces at centre back and not properly investing in that area so it's high time to give 
a player who has actually got some talent and, and some promise, a, a genuine chance there, because he didn't really have a genuine chance under Mourinho. In fairness to Mourinho, he... Was it the Wigan game? He, yeah, he came on in the Wigan league. game. Um, there was that pre-season one where he actually, unprompted, rhapsodised about two and Zibi, and then he made his debut against Wigan in the Cup. And then towards the end of that season, when they tossed off the league because of the Europa League, he, he started a... Arsenal at right back he started at Tottenham I think to the point that he was, he'd started a couple of games in midfield to the point that Mourinho was actually considering starting him in the Europa League final um, because of how well he'd taken, taken up that role but he didn't in the end he went with Fellaini and it, it paid off with the way they they, they schooled Ajax that, that night uh, so he is versatile I mean you talk about possible right back option there that that you've got in him if they you know have a fruitless chase and trying to get a right back in this this summer so uh yeah from the glazers perspective he's a player who could save them <laughs> millions if he actually can uh, can can play pretty well but it sounds like we've got our next piece written doesn't it yeah we'll yeah indeed one. but I, I think he's it's the, the time has certainly come for him to just stay at centre back you've seen it a lot of times with with youngsters who've come into the team and been too versatile and good almost square pegs and round holes and it's it's kind of compromised their their progress. I think Welbeck is always the example that springs to mind there. And there's worries that Rashford could be following suit if he doesn't nail down a, an attacking berth, maybe. Yeah. Still remains to be seen where his best position is. But uh, Dom, it's been a long, tough season for United fans. Uh, could get worse in a week's time. Uh, what do you think United fans want to happen from these two European finals that are coming up? Just ignore them and get a flight well, booked no. away as far as, as you can not ignore them because I think that they could probably learn a few things from them um, a Spurs win would definitely be one I don't know about the other the other game um, I think Arsenal would be damned Arsenal. for United the fact there's five teams in the Champions yeah, League yeah Arsenal yeah. would mean that the United are the only top six side not to be in the Champions League next season so um, and they may be they may be eyeing up playing Arsenal in the Europa League next season because I think United always seem to exploit Arsenal's weaknesses no matter what state they're in Um they have a lot. I think United have a lot to to sort of reflect upon when those two finals are played, and especially uh, the likes of Ed Woodward and the Glazers looking at, at what Liverpool have done, looking at how Spurs have have got to the Champions League final without recruiting a player for eighteen months, um, purely on sensible management and um, you know backing a, a quality manager in what they have. And Hakim Ziyech hit in the post when he should have scored. Well, that was lucky. Yeah, that was fortunate. Uh, Lucas Moura popping up in the right time. And, and the Europa League final, you know, United need to go out and try and win the Europa League next season. It sounds, sounds simple, but the last time they, they were in it, they did. And Arsenal and Chelsea have gone all out for it this season and have found it fairly comfortable getting to the final. So... Yeah, there are there are little flickers there for United to learn from, but I could I would I would understand if some United fans wanted to turn away and uh, hide under the duvet for a couple of nights. Have you got your con- contingency plans in for a week on Saturday, Samuel? When the inevitable <laughs> happens, or well, um, I'm going on holiday two days after the final. Well timed, uh, because I made the foolish decision of booking a holiday on the off chance United could get to the Champions League final, <laughs> which was, as I say, very foolish. You've got a love naivety, haven't you? When yeah, optimism well, wins out. I mean, the, my my parents are quite quite happy because last year I watched the Champions League final with them at home at theirs and that's where I am for the final this year as well so they, they see that as quite an auspicious omen that, that Tottenham might do the business in Madrid but I, I suspect that I mean Liverpool are massive favourites for that and 
nothing should surprise you in the Champions League the way it's going but it would be a real turn up for the book still if, if Tottenham do manage to do that whichever team's 3-0 down at half time you should be backing really that's the, uh, that's the one thing I, I suppose know. another moment from United's fans perspective is that the last time there was a, a much uh, anticipated not the last time but certainly recently a much anticipated game that everyone in England was watching which was the england Columbia game at the World Cup they announced the signing of Lee Grant 10 minutes before <laughs> kickoff. so if they want to you know get a fourth, get... fourth choice goalkeeper Joel Pereira contract renewal or something like that out there then 10 minutes before kickoff in the Champions League final is probably not a better best media to news yeah, absolutely yeah. no three years of Ashley Young bring it on we shall see uh, Dom Samuel thank you very much for joining us thank today you. on the Manchester Red podcast we'll begin be back again next week to get all of Samuel's analysis from what should be a, a nice event on Sunday where United fans can relive the glory days and who knows when they will be back at Old Trafford please make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already leave us a like and join us again next time <laughs>